You live in the United States, Australia, or the UK. But your family is from a developing country. You send the money. But how do you send the money when the government is corrupt and unstable? There's no stability in the institutions of your nation. Blockchain could be your answer. Yo, yo. This is Matthew Aaron with Crypto 101, and today we have another interview with the average listener, but I will not call this interview average. I will call it one of the best use cases for cryptocurrency out there right now, and that is getting money to the people that need it from the places that could provide it. My conversation with Samuel Belay, who is American-born from an immigrant family, discusses these issues that he deals with every day. Before we go to the interview, I just want to say that we talked for about 50 minutes and we'll stop the recording, but then we'll keep on talking. So I'll start the recording again and then we'll stop the recording and then we'll start it again because every time we just got involved with this conversation, new things came out of it and they were so interesting that I just had to keep recording. So I apologize in advance for probably a couple parts in the interview will come out of nowhere. We'll, we'll have a break and then we'll start a conversation and it sounds like it started in the middle. That's because it was started in the middle, but I thought that the content was very important. So please enjoy this interview with Samuel Belay and we'll see you after the interview. Hey, Sam, man. How you doing? Nice to meet you and welcome to Crypto 101. Hey, how's it going? Hey, Sam, would you mind just telling us a little bit about yourself to start off? Yeah, so uh, my name is uh, Samuel Belay. Uh, I am an avid cryptocurrency trader. I'm 23 years old. I am a student here in the D.C. metropolitan area. Uh, I was born in Arizona, uh, recently moved to the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. I was born in an Ethiopian household. My parents are Ethiopian immigrants, came here 24 years ago, like mm-hmm. six months before I was born. So, right you know, just, yeah, I, I I didn't really get an experience of like really this whole entire crypto world until my godfather, who's like an avid businessman, you know, into investments of stock and real estate and all that stuff started telling me about this this brand new world, this this new economy, this new marketplace, and and I was like, okay, yeah, sounds sounds interesting. He's like, you've heard of Bitcoin, right? I was like, yeah, I've heard of Bitcoin. It's like what people use to buy drugs, and and he <laughs> goes, no, 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 you you can invest in it, and and it retains value, and not only that, it grows in value over time. And he's like, and there are several other cryptocurrencies out there that you can invest into, and I was like, okay, why don't you do it? You invest with your money, and then you tell me how you do. And then I'll invest. And so he goes ahead. He starts investing in Ethereum because his friend had tripled his money in, in Ethereum. And he, he doubled his money in Ethereum. I think he invested like 5K and took 10K out of it. Right. And I was like, this is crazy. This is, this is crazy. This is long before the, when it hit the $400 peak. Right. And so I got in as a result of that and you know, just started putting in a little money here and there. 
20, 50 bucks and then started increasing. And then I started betting big, bigger numbers on that, especially for me. So cool. So what was your first trading platform? When you first started, you just do the Coinbase route. And then what did you do? Coinbase, man. Of course, brother. That's where you work it out. Have you expanded to other, other platforms since then? And what do you use? Definitely. Um, I think, honestly, because I started listening to this podcast, I realized that there were other exchanges out there and there were several other currencies that I could look into. So um, from Coinbase, I went to GDAX just to get like more of a, uh, I guess, in-depth kind of trading analysis, mm-hmm. right? Technical analysis before I went ahead and started doing the trades. From there, um, I opened up Bittrex, Poloniex, uh, Binance after you started talking about it because I was like, man, there's a whole nother world on the other side that, that uses different exchanges. So yeah, I wanted right. to get involved in that as well. So, yeah. So what are you holding right now? And and what do you think you're long and short on? And how, how are you playing with the market? Are you just investing and throwing it in there and just, you know, long holding? Or how, what's your strategy? I think for the, for the majority, uh, I, I like to hold. So I look for maybe the bigger market cap guys, the guys that have been established for a while. It's only recently I started looking into um, currencies with smaller market caps and ones that are a little more unsure. Simply and honestly, it, it was because you you started talking one time in one of your podcasts about how you're feel, a big I risk feel, taker. I feel I feel like that there's some blame coming here soon. No, 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 no. You, you, you always talked about being a big risk taker because you wanted to see like the, the 10x or the 20x or the 30x. You know, you want to see crazy returns, crazy multiples on your money. And so, I, you know, I started venturing out from just the top three from, you know, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin. And um, so, so those are the three that I hold currently. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going long term. And the more income I bring in, the more I go into those, just because I don't think that they're going anywhere. And um, even during this recent debacle between Bitcoin Cash and, you know, Bitcoin Core, uh, you know, I was still holding Bitcoin because I believe that Bitcoin is going to stay. So you you believe uh, in the brand? No, no, no. I, I believe in the brand. I believe in what Satoshi was all about. I believe in the philosophy. I think that it was the first mover, and I really think that Bitcoin is going to stay. I don't think it's ever going to get to the 100K mark, but I do think that Bitcoin is going to grow, and it's going to be here. I mean, you can go on to, I think, like Dell and Microsoft and use Bitcoin yeah. to buy products and stuff. So, like, you know, like uh, it, right. it's it's here to stay. Beyond that, though, I, I am looking into, like, ICOs and um, more smaller cap companies just because – you know, we want to see, we want to see returns, brother. So what was your biggest yeah. win so far? Have you seen any kind of like really good gains or what's one of your biggest losses? Yeah. Have you, have you totally messed up and just went, that was stupid, but I'm rolling with the punches and moving on. I think my, my biggest loss happened within my first, uh, three months of tra- first two months of trading. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I started, I was making great gains on Ethereum, and I was buying and selling, buying and selling, and I was like, "Man, this is the this is the cash cow. You got to stick with this one, right?" And uh, and then when it hit 400, you know, I had no technical analysis background of charts at that time. I didn't know any. I just listened to all the hype, the fud, right? Right. And uh, and the FOMO, sorry. And I was just like, "Man, like I need to I need to put in more." 
into this. So I, I started investing a, a few thousand dollars, you know, into Ethereum. And then once it hit that 400 mark, somebody told me it was going to go to a thousand. I don't know why I listened. So I held and then I woke up one day and after not looking for a couple days and that thing had tanked and it was tanking. And I was like, no, it's going to make a bounce back. It's going to make a bounce back. And then it started dropping more and more. Right. I got to the two hundreds and then the one fifth. I was like, Oh my God, I just lost everything. So I sold like an idiot. <laughs> and you know, I, I learned a really hard lesson early on but i mean i i haven't made that same mistake since right so. on man you know what you and a shit ton of people were in the same boat with that one and that is the honest yeah. truth man that is the honest yeah. truth and I, yeah. that whole ethereum thing was it was nerve-wracking i don't want to date it but you know what was happening today if you're looking at the if you're looking at the markets for bitcoin yeah and it's like crazy we're, we're brushing <laughs> up against eight thousand, i think and um yeah actually what I've, i did the other day is when we hit 7500 before they d canceled the split is i took all my bitcoin and put into litecoin so i'm very happy to see what litecoin is doing today so they're doing um some pretty pretty incredible things i think they said that they were doing a a swap on the lightning network okay. or something like that some news that came out today and it's just i was like i didn't even know they could do that you know i've just been learning about the lightning network the past several you know past month or two really really diving into like the technicality behind it and and why it's good and why it's going to help the scalability issue of bitcoin and uh the fact that they're doing swaps now within the lightning i just think that that that's mind-boggling so I know. you do there's a lot yeah. of stuff coming out of this market and i can't wait to see once they even get this swaps and all that stuff working seamlessly what they're going to come out with next and how they're just going to grow this economy yeah, I mean, I've even heard talks of using using the Lightning Network or or another another type of network to possibly make it so that in the future we could get money streamed to us. So instead of getting paid once every two weeks or however often you know your periods are, you get paid by the second. Wow! Right? Because there's no trans no transaction fees. No oh. transaction fees, right? And it's done through the internet, and there's a no fee because it, streaming service. Imagine that. that imagine is, that. That future. is dope. Yeah, that's so crazy. You are brilliant, man. I would never thought brilliant. in a million years. <laughs> that's amazing. Brilliant. Brilliant. I think that's exciting. So. Hey, man. Can can I ask you a personal question? Go ahead. Shoot. Me and you actually, and I want to tell the listeners that me and Sam have talked before this and created this chat. And so it's not off the cuff personal, but it is a personal uh, question that I really would like him to answer because I think that a lot of people are in his situation where he is born in the United States, but his parents are immigrants and from different countries with a different mindset of in a different culture of of finance and upbringing and what they should do financially. How has that impacted the way that you approach crypto? What kind? How do they feel about you getting into such a new market with a new ideology yeah so I, I grew up in a culture which was highly conservative and really uh just upheld this idea that you work super hard you save your money and that's how you live your life and, and it's kind of this kind of social security type of mindset where maybe the the right. furthest you'd ever go in an investment is putting money into like a 401k plan right, right? and so Growing up like that, um, you know, I didn't really have an issue with it until, 
you know, I, I go to these schools that were maybe better schools and I'd see people whose parents made more money than my parents did. Right. And, and I would be in, you know, the school lunch lines and I'd be getting like assisted student aid lunch or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, man, why don't we have like money like the rest of these people? And then, you know, as I got a little older, I found out about the stock market and I found out about real estate and how, you know, these people have investments. They work hard, but they don't just store their money away like the Eastern mindset is. Mm -hmm. But the Western mindset is you take your hard work, hard work for money and you use that and you reinvest that to work hard for you in return, right? And, and, and then you just kind of live off of the dividends or you live off of, you know, the, the consistent residual income or the returns or whatever. And so breaking that kind of conservative mindset wasn't too hard for me simply because I was born here, right? you know, and like usually kids who are born here kind of have this, uh, you know, you're either super obedient or you have this rebellious mindset, which is like, I'm going to be an American and I'm going to live free and young and wild, you know? And so I was more so along those lines. Uh, and, and so it wasn't too difficult for me, but getting the rest of my community on board, the rest of the Ethiopian community. Mm -hmm. Now that is a big difficulty because hmm. people don't change their minds, you know, as what, to what, what they think is safe. What do you think is a big difference? Okay. You say that they're conservative when it comes to how they're going to live their life, work, put their money in the bank, it stays there, go back to work the next day. What are some other differences yeah. between the Ethiopian or Eastern community um, compared to the, the U.S. and how you grew up? A lot of people who are from, you know, the, uh, in Eastern culture, whether they're from India or Asia or, you know, uh, Africa, um, they send money back home. That's a, that's a big part of life. The, the you huge. know, remittance, remittances, that's, that's yes. really big. My parents were always sending money. And, uh, for me in particular, I remember there, there were years when my parents would tell me uh, that we wouldn't, you know, have this this year because they had to send a certain amount of money back right. home. And they'd, you know, explain this to us. And it's like, man, OK. And then as I get older, I find out that, you know, if you send 100 bucks via Western Union, they take $10. Right. right. Or, you know, and I'm just like, man, that seems like a large amount of money to be taken out of the, the money that my parents are sending back to poor people. Right. right. And then, you know, as I, yeah, I just felt yeah, like man, that was kind of, that's real shit right there. Yeah. I just felt like it was kind of like scumbaggy by nature. Mm -hmm. I don't know. <laughs> you know. So I know it's a business and I know that it works like that and they have to provide a service. But, you know, I just felt like there's got to be a better way. And, and I think really what had me take cryptocurrencies even more seriously is finding out that, you know, you can actually send money via the Internet to somebody else and not have anything taken out, really. You know, and that that really excited me because once I looked into it and I found out it was a half a trillion dollar industry, you know, and this I don't know. I just I look at it and I think, man, Bitcoin's going to help poor people. That's 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 literally what what I think. And, and I, I like I like that thought, man. That's that's really cool that you said that, because I think that. Um, being in Asia, being in Taiwan and uh, living in Hong Kong and China, there's a lot of Southeast Asian immigrants coming into these emerging uh, economies and uh, yeah. mostly Filipino and Indonesian. 
uh, and then mm-hmm. you work as like you know domestic workers or what have you, and they do the same thing. They live like maybe very, very humbly here, mm-hmm. uh, provided by yeah. you know, certain people, and then they just send the majority of their income back to the Philippines or back to mm-hmm. Indonesia to take care of their family, yeah. and it's it's quite it's quite heartbreaking to not to know that they have been doing this and somebody is gouging or preventing their money from going back sometimes have you guys ever had an experience where the money just didn't get back and there you had no way to deal with it yeah 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 it's uh we we know all too well where where we come from where where my family comes from there's plenty of corruption mm-hmm. right there's plenty of corruption within these uh within these ngos within the governments and so like sending money is so sensitive even when you send stuff via foreign aid or whatever you never really know if that's actually going to the people oftentimes especially when you send money through these ngos it goes through their it goes to administrative costs it goes through to different other overhead costs that they have and not like the as much as what you think should be going doesn't go to the people that need it most. Right. And so when you have something like Bitcoin or these other cryptocurrencies that you can send instantly, right? And you know that it goes directly to the end recipient and there is no middleman. There is no corruption they need to get to. There isn't, there isn't anybody else they need to trust. I think that this really like, it brings a sense of relief and like newfound hope knowing that, you know, even more help can go to the people that help you to get to the Western nations, you know, to do well with your life. And so, um, it, with losing, losing money, there have been, there's been definitely times, definitely times when we've sent money through mm-hmm. and it didn't get to the person that it was supposed to mm-hmm. either because of some mistake or, or some, or just disappear. And it's just like shoulder shrug. I mean, you're poor. You're going to sue them. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, I mean, that's that's all you can do. So, right. Yeah. What are the other issues you think that are in sending money ab- abroad? Like one of the issues that I hear from this end is they want to make the money that's being sent taxable. So it's not only the, or say the Filipino getting taxed within Hong Kong on their mm. income, but now that they're sending it ab- ab- abroad to their family, the family should get taxed on it as an mm-hmm. income. What yeah. other issues are you guys dealing with over there? And when your family in Ethiopia goes to Western Union, this is how I assume you're, you're mm-hmm. sending the money. Mm-hmm. What, what issues are When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. These days, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make all kinds of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs in towns and cities across the country. And jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. 
That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. They dealing with on, on the receiving end. Yeah, so I think with the system that is in place now, when the money's being received inside of those maybe more developing nations like Ethiopia and whatnot, it's in a sketchy area, man. It's just it's just a sketchy business setup, and so it's just not guaranteed that the person is going to receive the money that you have sent them. You know, sometimes people skim money off the top, just tellers or or whatever. It, you know, it's right. not it's not direct. It's not direct. It's not to the end recipient. It's not peer to peer. And I think Bitcoin and what these other cryptocurrencies seek to do is really to like th- this whole idea of having things become trustless this is a big deal Mm -hmm. this is a big deal because the only reason there's room for corruption and all these other things is because we trust people we we trust our government is going to do the right thing we trust that businesses are going to stay you know uh according to the law they don't have the better business bureau in in africa they don't right you know and so who do you report to and so uh, I just I just see tremendous tremendous benefit for my community and and the community that we have back home too back in Ethiopia. For sending Bitcoin or a, a cryptocurrency overseas, uh, mm-hmm. right now because you know it's a fiat based system, you're going to have to have a bank or affiliate bank or some kind of system right. where you could take your Litecoin or Bitcoin and turn it into that fiat. Is there a developing market for Bitcoin overseas that you know of? Um, none, none that I know of right now. That's why, like, I'm I'm doing my best to be kind of an, an evangelist within our within our king within our uh, community. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what what I do myself is I I meet and I speak with several. Like, I take many meetings every week, talking to people either on the phone or in person about the benefits of cryptocurrencies and this emerging market and um, what. What it seeks to do just in the future, uh, it goes like this. I'll, I'll show them a video or I'll show them a TEDx or, or I'll talk to them, you know, and I'll tell them, you know, what the ideas are for the future and how it can possibly help our, our community mm-hmm. and um, really just make us in absolute control of, of our money, right? And they like that. And then from there, I go on to talking to them about, you know this wealth that's being generated right now within the within the within the market and then i ask them if you know maybe they want to invest themselves and if they do here i'll help you here are the resources here are the tools you know just kind of follow what i'm doing and and i'll send them videos and this and that and so my my job right now the purpose that i found within my community is to just kind of evangelize uh, what bitcoin and and the cryptocurrency world is seeking to do because i genuinely believe that it's 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 a godsend for, mm-hmm. for a lot of these people. So you're, you're educating on the local level so they can accept Bitcoin for their businesses yeah. and use transactions. That's one of the... Yeah, you, you've got it. They've got to believe first. Right. You got to know a lot of these people, they're, they're, they're hard, hard-headed, same, same mindset, not, not going to change. So, you know, I right. talk to the ones that, you know, are willing 
And then we just kind of go from there and work step by step. I know that this is not going to be uh, a week-long process or a month-long process or a year-long process. This is going to take a lot of time, right. you know. And so I'm looking forward to putting that time in and then eventually, you know, see what maybe people are saying over there, mm -hmm. back there as well. Because, you know, you just, honestly, man, you just got to go one person at a time, especially at this ground level, and then word spreads, so. offer my community of myself you know just yet but knowledge is power and if these people if these poor people they're just poor you know if these poor people can get in right now this is this is the only industry the only market i've ever heard of where you know the average person can get in and make real money you know and really change their lives and even the technology itself you know is going to change many many lives and it's it's exciting to kind of be like a forerunner in this and so i, I share with them your podcast by the way so <laughs> right on, man i appreciate that yeah, yeah yeah this is this is a you know 101 the first step for a lot of these guys you know th this is a very interesting marketplace and uh i think if you just keep a level head you uh kind of try and keep your emotions out of it don't get too high don't get too low and uh, really do your research, learn technical analysis, look at charts, learn how to chart read. Um, and you just kind of keep up with, with, what, with what's happening all over the world. I think you, you'll do fine. And I think that this is a, a great starting place for people to come in uh, on Crypto 101 and, and just kind of learn the basics, man. So th this, is a, this is a real big help to not only to me, but also to... Uh, you know, just rising, uh, emerging immigrant communities, you know, here in the U.S. and abroad. So uh, we're fighting the good fight and doing the good work. So, right yeah, on, man. Right on. Music is all we got. Music is all we got. Music is all we got. So we might as well give it all we got. that they have in in the countries that they come from right. but when you talk about a, a trustless system you know blockchain you're talking about you know just it the excitement that it brings inside of me is just like it's out of this world because this is something that they can genuinely get involved in and not have to worry about. You know, it puts them right. in total control, something that they've never had before. You know, my dad came to this country. My dad came to the U.S. because a war had started because mm -hmm. there was there was a, there was a civil war taking place and they wanted to draft him. And so he was actually in the military. He was in the military. He, he was acting as a medic. He was trying to go to school to become a doctor. And then my mom's brother had an injury on the battlefield and my dad happened to be the medic that was treating him and 
my mom happened to be there at the same time and that's where they met and then they were both like yo let's get to sudan and let's bounce let's get up out of here <laughs> and, then, you know, and then they took off and, and then ended up here in the u.s so it's like you know they, they can't trust that stuff back there but this they can they can trust because they're they're in total control of their lives with and so it's, uh, amazing, it's amazing how how a government can shape uh your ideas of the world you know i mean the 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 you said the trust system and a government that's stable enough so you can buy real estate and not get it taken away from you because of war or coup or these different things and it's it it's it's a different it's a different world to listen to these stories man different different world you don't know how many people i know that were doing well in ethiopia and the government just decided i'm gonna take your land you know, and they take everything. And it's just like, what What do you do at that point? You know, you trusted them to honor the fact that you have a deed to this land, right? right? But at any moment, they can take it and say, no, it's ours. And it's like, no, you know, a blockchain is seeking it. It's fi- looking to fix that, you know? So beyond just cryptocurrencies, the, 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 the implementation of blockchain technology saying, hey, no, this belongs to this person. It doesn't belong to anybody else, and that can't be changed, you know? That is exciting. And once they start implementing that, it's going to change the world. Do you think that the applications of blockchain is actually greater in developing world or developing countries than, say, the United States or UK? Absolutely. Absolutely. Without, without a shadow of a doubt. Because at least here in the U.S. or in Western nations, there's kind of this ethic that's all about, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know even though people do shady stuff, you know, behind closed doors, like out in the open, it's generally agreed upon that, yo, you're supposed to trust and you're supposed to do the right thing and this and that. But when you're in developing nations, people will openly take your stuff and nobody says anything, not because people are ethically not as advanced or whatever. It's because there's just a tradition that's built there where there are evil people everywhere and they can take your stuff. And it's just a matter of who has the most power. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so... I think that there are way more use cases, um, you know, some that they're talking of now and things that, you know, have yet to be discovered that you're going to see out there. They're really going to build up some of these countries from the ground up again, just using <laughs> using blockchain technology. You don't have to trust. Man, that is um, That's really amazing. I'm, I'm, it almost, is. I'm almost wondering if being in... Asia or the United States is the wrong place to be at, at this point in time and being on the ground in say some of these countries developing and promoting and advocating blockchain and creating a business and an economy around it is where we should be you know you know it's funny it's like usually the first movers the people that come through the door first normally get shot down you know and uh it's usually the second or third guy or the second or third thing that comes out that that normally catches on um, especially in places like that, you know, especially in developing nations. Right. And so, uh, I don't know if I want to be the first, but, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I definitely, I definitely would, would like to Very be uh, a part of, a part of some sort of, some sort of movement. I'm not sure if I'm bold enough to be, be a martyr just yet, but, you know, <laughs> Well, uh, I'm actually wondering because I have a friend that just worked for a uh, I don't know if I should mention the the company, but it's a Chinese uh, exchange that mm-hmm. is setting up shop in in Kenya, and okay. because they're trying to get their cryptocurrency foothold, and I I don't know what angle they're coming at, but they're trying to get their cryptocurrency foothold within that country and start expanding. 
And yeah. I'm, I'm wondering if the blockchain is going to go, to, gonna go corporate centralized by the Western or economically powerful before it goes mm-hmm. from the people. Um, if, if you know what I'm saying. Maybe expand upon the last point a little, a little more. I, I guess my like, point is, is like, okay, you have, you have China, a Chinese big exchange right. setting up yeah, in, yeah. In, in Kenya. Yeah. And mm-hmm. if a Chinese big exchange is set up in Kenya, they're going to do things for the Chinese and, and for centralization. And it's going to be controlled by the Chinese on the blockchain. And, st- and yeah. it could, it's going to work in their interest instead of the, for the people of Kenya or any other countries that they, they touch after they get established. Opposed from like it coming up from the grassroots or the ground of Kenya or any other country where it's more in control of the people. Blockchain starts out from, say, the Coinbase's the bitmains and you know whatever other exchanges or big mining pools and it starts like get, digging into these developing nations are we going to get the result that we want probably probably not and uh i mean to be honest i mean china china already owns a good part of africa you know just yeah, uh, I, I i i've i've been you know and and i and i know that you know you you go to ethiopia you and you see a, a a Chinese worker or you know an engineer or something. They're all speaking the native tongue, you know, and, and it's really weird. But wow, they they they're, they're doing it. There there are so many so many issues over there in, in a lot of the third uh, the third world or developing nations. And and I think bit, uh, blockchain has an opportunity to fix that as long as it's implemented organically and by the people. But it's going to take developers and people from there to like rise up and to to start putting this stuff together. Because if it comes from already a lot of the Western, maybe developing nations, developed nations, uh, I think it's going to turn into more of like a corporation type thing that you said. So I don't know. These are these are big, big issues, Matthew. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't know. It's just you know, you, you, you st- like you start down the rabbit hole, and then you just start thinking like one thing that 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 is. Uh, I'm gonna start. I'm I'm gonna look at it kind of step by step. Yeah, we see this long term vision, but um, I think just first kind of dealing with this remittance thing or just sending money overseas and 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 getting that down, you know, to where people have access to places where they can exchange uh bitcoin for the local currency i think that that's that's really important kind of setting that up um and then eventually at some point once they you know put the lightning network um on on bitcoin and they figure out how we can set up a, a payment channel and and uh stream that money you know we can we can do that as well yeah so that's it's exciting stuff. All right, brother. All right, man. Thank, thanks for talking, man. My man, it was good talking to you. Hell yeah. On to the last and final question of the podcast, as we always do. What three songs would you like with your episode, sir? What three songs? Oh, is it uh, intro, outro? Oh, you're going to do a middle part. Okay. Yeah, we're going to do a middle uh, part. <laughs> you, you can pick the order. Uh, I've been really rocking out to the song called firefly by mora masa m-u-r-a-m-a-s-a okay this is cool dj guy and uh i like how about let's throw it back with poison by bill bev devoe hell yeah uh, and uh, intermission intermission 
This is always the hardest question, man. You, we could talk about, the, about proof of work, the, proof of stake all day, but when it comes to yeah, what songs you want on there, it's like, yeah. oh. It, it, it's tough because I, I, I knew those two just because like I've been really into the the kind of um, 80s and 90s scene lately as well as, you know, kind of this like new kind of um, EDM type music. So, man, you got any ideas? <laughs> I could fill in the inter- intermission if you want, man. Yeah, yeah. You put in. You how, put how in. How about this? How about this? You 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 sent you sent me something on Skype, and uh, I'll throw it in there. Sounds good. Sounds good. All we'll right, do that. Give you time to think about it. All right, I brother. Thank it, you bro. very much for having this conversation with us, and we'll keep in touch. Sounds good, my man. Take All it right, easy. Right. Bye. Bye. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Crypto 101. I'm Matthew Aaron. The music today intro was Poison by Bell Biv DeVoe. The intermission was All We Got by Chance the Rapper. And our outro today was Firefly by Mirsa Massa. Please check us out on Crypto101podcast.com. You can see all our social media there. Come join our Facebook. It's growing every day. A lot of good people on there to ask your questions to if you have any problems in the crypto space. Also, follow us on Twitter. Instagram. You can do all of that from Crypto101Podcast.com. You can reach out to us. Send us emails. Say what's up. We're happy to answer your email and love to hear from you. And also, please join us on Patreon. Become a patron of Crypto101 and donate to help us grow this podcast and reach more people. Thank you very much for listening. This is Matthew Aaron with Crypto101. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.